excited to be here tonight. Woo! I am so pumped. So pumped to be sharing with you guys tonight. And it feels so we're not having a microphone. Look, mum, no hands. Hey. <laughs> and I'm um, hey, massive welcome to our online community watching tonight as well. Who's excited to be here tonight? Yeah. I feel like I'm ready for some aerobics or something right now. I don't even know. Hey, um, something that you might not know is I'm from Africa. I know there's already people like, no, he's lying. I promise you, I'll show you the birth certificate. I got it right now, I'm kidding. But I'm actually from Africa. I moved to Australia when I was two years old. Um, oh, actually, real quick, before I go anywhere, I just want to say a massive thank you to Pastor Chris and Pastor Sue for this opportunity. Um, I think we're so blessed to have, <clears throat> excuse me, I think we're so blessed to have senior pastors who don't just say that they care, but they, they really show it, man. And um, I just want to say thank you. So can we give it up for our senior pastors real quick? Thank you. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm from Africa, and about um, in 2013, we went back to visit family and um, friends and all that sort of stuff. But something that we love to do is go on safaris. Has anybody been on a safari? And I got a, oh, oh, sweet, I got a couple of hands. I was going to say, for all the Australia zoo lovers, yeah, no, that's not a safari. That's a museum. That's what that is. <laughs> but but on, on a real safari, like in the wild, there's one animal you really want to see. It's a lion. And it's so hard to see it. It's such a rare thing and not everyone gets to see it. So we were at this safari, right? Came down to the last day. And we were talking to our guide, like, you know, like, do you think we might be able to like see one? What do you think? And he's like, listen, like, you just never know. And it got down to the last day of our trip at the safari park, but also the last day in the country. <laughs> like we we're about to literally leave. And our safari guide's walkie-talkie started going. <laughs> he picked it up. And it's another safari guide. And he's saying, hey, we just crossed you guys about five minutes ago. Are you still where you used to be? He said, yeah, we haven't moved. We're just chilling out. We're about to leave. He says, we've just seen a lion and we think it's heading in your exact direction. <gasps> oh, and all of us are like, oh my goodness, we could actually see one. And so he tells us and we're like, okay, dang, we might wait this out. So we wait for like 10 minutes. And guess what we saw? Nothing. <laughs> like, and our, our safari guide, I, f I feel like if I was him, I would have just said, the only lion we're seeing is you, because you're lying to us right now. <laughs> but we looked around, we didn't see anything. And, and again, our safari guide called him, he's like, hey man, like, it's, it's starting to get, it's, it's getting to the point where it's going to start getting dark real soon. And if there's one place you don't want to be when it gets dark, <laughs> an African safari. You'll start hearing noises, You'll start hearing, like, if you're near a water hole, you'll hear, like, these hippo noises. I'm going to give it to you right now. <laughs> Someone's like, is this church or David Attenborough? What is this? And it was starting to slowly get dark. And we're like, okay, let's, let's get out of here. And our safari guide's like, look, sorry, guys. I guess you didn't see one. And then again, he told the safari guide, he said, listen, like, we're, we're going to head back. Like, we just can't risk, like, being late and stuff like that. And he's like, don't. Don't leave just yet. And he's like, oh, like we can't see nothing. And he said something along the lines of, ah, oh, if you say so. <laughs> like, we don't see any sort of line right now. You're lying to me, what is, what is what it feels like. But if you say so, we'll wait it out. I promise you, like 10 minutes later, this whole scene I'm about to tell you felt like it was in like the slow, just like that real slow motion matrix. I see this line just come out of the bushes and, and just start walking towards us. And have you ever seen someone get a laughing fit at the worst time? 
my sister's there laughing as this thing is walking, and I'm like, shut up. And our safari guide's like, shut up. And this thing's just slowly walking towards us, and we're just frozen. And now African safari trucks, they ain't safe. <laughs> like, oh, I just spat everywhere. They aren't safe. Like, they don't have a roof. They, don't, they just have literally like, kind of like a roofless Jeep type of thing. And this lion just walks literally like from me to that thing away. Just, we're just looking at it. And it just sort of walks, kind of looks at us, gave me a wink, and, <laughs> and then kept on going. And we were just like, yo, like that might not sound cool right now, but in the wild, when that thing's right there and it could just, just get you at any second, like it makes a whole different experience. But the one thing that I just noticed from that story that was really cool is our safari guide, they got this point where we didn't see anything around us. And our safari guide said to the other one, he said, listen, if you say so. Like, I don't see it right now. But if you say so, we'll wait, we'll wait right here. And I don't know if anyone's ever had Domino's before or you're waiting for your pizza. And on that LCD screen in big green letters, it says ready, but your stomach is still empty. <laughs> and it's like I, like, I see it, but this is not, you know, <laughs> like, and you're waiting there and you're kind of like, it says ready, but I don't have it right now. But if you say so. Mr. Pizza Man, like it should be here any minute, if you say so. And maybe you can sort of relate to that on a bit of a different level. Maybe there's things in your life that you wish you saw right now. Like maybe the one thing you just wish you could see right now is peace. But when you look around, you see chaos. Maybe the very thing that you just wish you could see is finally being free of that dang addiction, but it still lingers. What happens when the very thing you feel like you so badly need in this moment right now is nowhere to be seen? What happens when the thing that you feel like God's put on your heart is nowhere to be seen? I think we're presented with an opportunity and a choice. And we're going to look at a story of a dude in the Bible tonight called Simon, where I think he's actually faced with a really similar situation. Are we ready? Let's do this thing. So um, this is in Luke 5, uh, 1 to 11. I'm just going to recap it real quick. Basically, Jesus is teaching from a boat Pretty gangster move, right? Imagine if I was in a boat right now. Just, that's just weird. He was preaching from a boat. And after he finished preaching, he said, Yo, Simon, get in your little dinghy and get out here. And he comes out on his boat. And then Jesus says to him, Hey, man, cast your nets out. And we're going to look at Simon's response to that right now. Simon says, Simon says, that's kind of, I didn't mean that. Simon said, Master, we've been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow. That sums up my fishing experience in a line, just by the way. I haven't caught nothing. But if you say so, mm, I'll let out the nets. They filled both boats, nearly swamping them with the catch. Jesus told Simon something he couldn't see anywhere. He told him something, and when Simon looked back to check his nets, that thing was bone dry. But he still chose to say, if you, if you say so. I'm willing to have faith. Somebody just shouted at me, say, if you say so. If you say so. Yeah, that's the title of the message tonight. And the first sort of takeaway that I see in this is Simon had faith without fish. Like he had faith without any fish to prove it. And I don't know if you've ever had a friend who every time they come and tell you a story, you're like 95% sure they're about to tell a fib. <laughs> if you, like anybody got one of those friends? If your hand ain't up, it's you. Um, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, I had a mate who, um, he would always tell me his 100 meters sprint time was just impeccable. <laughs> like probably grade four or five, he's just, just got this just confidence. And he's like, Geordie, bro, you know, guess what my time is? And I was like, what, man? Like, what is it? What's your, what's your, what's your speed? What's your velocity? What is it? And he's like, 9.5 seconds. 
I ain't no guru, but pretty sure Usain Bolt is around that sort of spectrum. Um, and it's like, I don't care what you say, bro. Until I see it, until I got the stopwatch in my hand, and I'm saying, ready, set, go. And until I stop it, until I see it, I ain't believing it. And I think sometimes we can so often apply that exact thing to every other area of our life. Like I would choose hope, but I don't see it right now. So why would I believe that in Jesus I can find hope? I don't feel loved in my situation right now. So why would I believe that God can actually love me in the middle of my mess? But we don't need to see it to believe it. And I love what it says in the scripture. Simon says, oh, there we go again. I got to stop saying that, eh? Um, Well, when Jesus finished teaching, he said to Simon, man, push out into deep water and cast your nets out for a catch. And Simon's like, Jesus, have you not seen? Like, we've been fishing the whole night. And we haven't caught even a minnow or even a thing. But if you say so, I'll let out the net. Simon had no fish in his net. He had no proof. He had no evidence. He had no 100% guaranteed checks like, about the situation. He had no faith. No faith. He had no fish in his net, but he had so much faith in his heart. And is anybody thankful tonight that we serve a God who doesn't look for you to have all the fish and all the evidence and all the proof and every Bible verse and everything in your life before you can walk in faith? I'm so grateful that I have a God who doesn't look at me and says, once you get your fish, then I'll, then I'll actually have a relationship with you. I'm so thankful that we serve a God who says, even if you have fish, even if you've got millions of dollars, even if you've got the best job in the world, even if you've got millions of followers, even if everybody knows you or nobody knows you, I still know you. I push you on this earth with a purpose and a plan. I'm willing to walk this thing out with you every step of the way. I'm so thankful, man, that we have a God who looks at us and doesn't ask us to have fish, but asks us to have, everybody say faith. Yeah. And the crazy thing about it is because there's going to be times where God shows us things that no one has seen before. Well, we can't just rely on our vision to take a next step. Like there's going to be, maybe you're here tonight and you want to have a healthy marriage one day, but in your family line, you might not have seen what that should look like. And for you, that's things you've never seen before in your own family. And God says, yeah, cool. I'm not asking you to walk by your sight. Close your eyes. Walk by faith. I'm the God who can guide any situation. So even if you haven't seen that in your own life, I can walk with you. If you submit your ways to me, I'll make a path straight. I'll be with you left and right wherever you go. Have faith without fish. And I love this verse in Isaiah 43. It says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past because I'm, I'm doing a new thing. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And wilderness is literally a place where no one is there right now. Could it be that there's areas in your life that feel so wild and you're like, man, I wish this was just so much better so God could step in and says, God, and God says, the, the wilderness is where I operate. The wilderness is where I got no problem jumping feet first into the middle of your darkest moments and lifting you up in that. Faith without fish. I don't have the proof. I don't have the evidence to see it. But I'm going to have faith without fish. And really, faith is not having fish. Faith is saying, even though I don't see it right now, God, I'm going to take another step. Somebody just say, faith without fish. We don't need to have fish in our net to have faith in our heart. Amen. Jesus doing a miracle in our lives isn't about the results or evidence we have, but it's about the faith that we choose to have. And the second thing I noticed in this, sorry, I'm just going to have a real quick sip, um, is that he kept his nets clean. And, and real quick, I like to play a lot of soccer. Oh, voice crack. I like to play a lot of soccer. I like to play a lot of soccer. And um, something that I hate doing, like just with a capital H-A-T-N-E, just hate, just big bold letters right there. I hate stretching. 
<laughs> like, I'm the kind of guy, I just want to rock up on game day and just go. Put my boots on and just go. But the thing I hate is stretching. Like, I've got to do these weird groin stretches and all this other, I'm not going to do them all, but like, I've got to do all these stretches and hold them for so long. I'm not twerking, I'm just stretching. <laughs> and in the moment, it's like, why am I doing this? But I remember this one time I played a game in the rain. And there was this point where I was running this way and I wanted to go back that way. And y'all know the story where the, the Red Sea splits, right? <laughs> Familiar with that one? I saw like a re-indition of it type of thing right here. I just turned and as I turned, this foot gave way and just gone. <laughs> and you know when you think you hurt yourself but you didn't? <laughs> like have you ever like hit yourself on something and you're like, oh, oh. I'm actually all kind of good. <laughs> like, that's, that was me. I got up. I was like, oh, coach, classic soccer player. Coach, I'm dead. <laughs> get the ambulance. Get the grave. I'm, do- I'm gone. <laughs> but I got up and I was like, oh, I feel good. Like, I actually feel fine. And in that moment, I remember saying to myself, I'm glad I did the stretching. Yeah. Like, I'm glad I did that. Yeah. And I think Simon was in the exact same position right here. In verse 1 to 3, it says, the fishermen had left their boats and were out scrubbing the nets. Simon was scrubbing his nets, and that's such a tedious task for a fisherman. Like, not the real, but like the full-on like, nets that you throw out. The most tedious task to do is to scrub them and to fix the holes that, were, that have become too big and get rid of the junk and the sand and the rocks and the debris and any weeds or any other stuff that's just caught itself in there. That's the most tedious task for a fisherman to do. And Simon was doing it on his worst day at work. When he hasn't caught anything, he's still scrubbing his nets. And it's crazy because his persistence in that moment right there, and, and this is the most least Instagrammable moment, right? Like, no one's like, out here fishing my, like, you know, scrubbing my nets. No one does that. <laughs> no one does that. He'd be out here like, yo, I got the catch with Jesus, but like, no one sees what he did behind the scenes. His persi- it's just crazy to me. His persistence when there was no results, his persistence in one moment literally played such a vital part in the miracle that Jesus was just about to do. Think about it. Like if Jesus said, yo, bro, cast your nets out and there's all these holes and sand and trash in it, oh, Jesus, give me 20 minutes <laughs> and just go back and do it. We, we might not have ever seen that miracle happen. His persistence in one moment, when the results weren't immediate, when, there wasn't, when it didn't look like your kids were coming back on track, when it didn't seem like the addiction was loosening its hold, when it didn't seem like things were even changing, he was still being faithful right there scrubbing the nets. And his persistence right there set the foundation and played a vital part in the miracle that Jesus just did. Your persistence in one season is setting the groundwork for God to do a miracle in the next. So I want to encourage us tonight, man. Let's, let's keep scrubbing our nets. And I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe that just means keep showing up. Like sometimes we just over-spiritualize stuff and like maybe just keep showing up, bro. Maybe just hit up your life group leader and say, yo, bro, I need some help. Like I need, I need, to, I need to ask questions. I need to keep coming to church, keep coming to youth, keep being, keep being involved, keep being involved in this community. Maybe for you, it's just keep showing up. Maybe it's just being the best parent you can. Like maybe you feel like you've just been trying to do the same thing and you're trying so hard to raise these kids, but but you don't even know if it's even making an impact. Maybe it's just to wake up tomorrow morning and be the best parent you can again. Just to keep scrubbing your nets, even when it doesn't seem like there's no impact. Keep scrubbing your nets. Somebody just say that. Keep scrubbing your nets. Mm. Maybe for you it's just being like really walking in humility in a relationship. 
Or maybe for my single people, maybe it means to just stay single for a bit and stay out of the DMs. Oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. No one amens that point. <laughs> but maybe for you, maybe seriously, maybe God's just like, yo, before I need you to worry about a relationship with somebody else, why don't you work on the one relationship that affects every other relationship? Why don't you spend time with the one who forms you, bro? Why don't you spend time? I know more about you than, he, than you even know about yourself. Why don't you spend time with me before you worry about a relationship? Maybe that's you just, just scrubbing your nets in your singleness. Look at me out here, single. Like, maybe that's what it is. Because your persistence in this season right now, you being faithful with your singleness right now could set your relationship up for a win later on. You being persistent right now could be setting the groundwork for God to move in your life later on. And I think we think later on is, oh yeah, tomorrow. But what if that's like 20 years from now? I think so often we have our own little mind map planned out like, God, if you do anything, but make sure you do this. (laughs) God, I want your way over mine, but I better be in a relationship this time next year. But trusting in God, scrubbing your nets, even when you don't see an impact. Don't underestimate the importance of scrubbing your nets. Don't underestimate the importance of doing things that don't look cool or that no one else gets to see. Those are the things in private when no one's looking that you can get ready for when Jesus calls you to something. You can say, yep, if you say so, right here, right now. Oh, you want me to cast out my nets? Oh, they're polished. I've been doing that every day. I can walk in faith right now because when no one was looking, I was being faithful in the season. He was being persistent. So I want to encourage us tonight, just keep scrubbing. Just keep scrubbing. I'm going to sound like Dory. Just keep scrubbing. Just keep scrubbing. And the last point tonight, and team, you could probably come back up just as we wrap things up, um, is the miracle moved him forward. Like, Like after this miracle happened, he actually kept moving. Let's check it out in verse 10 to 11. It says, that this, this messes with me, by the way. No, can't even talk. This messes with me. They pulled their boats up on the beach, left them, nets, fish, and everything, and followed Jesus. The very miracle and the breakthrough that probably he was praying about while he was scrubbing his nets the very breakthrough that Jesus did. He then brings it up on the shore and says, peace, (laughs) and then walks to follow Jesus. If I was Simon, I'd be calling Cracker Jack Chicken saying, hey, I'm coming through the drive-thru to get some chips. And I'm about to have me the meanest fish and chips you've ever seen in your life. But he just left them to follow Jesus. You know, I think about my life, man. There's so many times where the very thing I've been praying for happens. It's kind of like, oh, sweet. <laughs> now I can chill. <laughs> like, I don't, need to, I don't need to pray as much anymore. Like, I got the job. Maybe you're here tonight and you got the promotion and maybe you're here tonight and you got the marriage. And the miracle has put a halt to our pursuit of Jesus. Like, the miracle has got in the way of the miracle maker. And that's what Simon, I love about him right here, is he didn't let that stop him. The miracle wasn't the destination. It was a step on the journey to keep doing what actually mattered most. Like the miracle that he might've been praying about for ages, man, that didn't, it wasn't a full stop in his life. It was more like a comma. (laughs) It was more just like, hold up. Like, this is awesome, Jesus. Like the miracle is amazing. But if we don't have you, if I have the relationship, but I don't have you, if I get the job and the promotion that I feel like is the right thing for me, but I don't have the peace and presence of Jesus, I'm willing to leave it on the shore right over there and say bye and walk after you. 
He didn't let the miracle stop him. The miracle moved him forward. And it's the most challenging thing to try and remind yourself as you're praying for things and as you're wanting things and maybe as doors open and as all this amazing stuff happens, it's such a challenging thing to, to, to grab it, but not grab it and kind of run, but to fully believe that you've seen that. God has got so much more in store. Like it might seem like that's the most amazing miracle. And man, that's like, if God did anything else, if he just did this one thing for my life right now, then whoo, I'll tell you what, I'll be, I'll be good. But Simon said, no, I'm still expecting. I've seen the most amazing miracle that I've ever seen with my own eyes, but I'm still going to be expectant and I'm still going to follow Jesus. He had faith without fish. If you think, it, oh, sorry, you haven't, you haven't seen it all. And that's something I remind myself, well, like we haven't seen it all. Any miracles that you might've seen in your life or that you're holding out for, we haven't seen it all. God's got more in store. He's got so much more in store. What a crazy story, right? And, and it's kind of cool, but like the whole story kind of just comes back to those four words. If you say so. If you say so, God, I'm willing to take a step of faith. I'm just going to have another sip, sorry. And you know, I think all throughout that story, there's so many moments and steps of faith that are there. But it all, yeah, it all comes back to that one thing. If, if you say so, I'm going to keep scrubbing these nets. If you say so, I'm going to keep walking by faith and not by sight. If you say so, I'm going to cast these nets out. If you say so, God, I'm going to leave the very thing that you actually open and still seek after you harder than ever before. If you say so. I've just got a few questions just as we wrap this up. Um, the first one tonight is, is in what areas are you going to stop looking for fish and start walking by faith? Like, like what areas are you going to stop just like trying to find fish and God, I will trust you once you give me this or once I have the proof or once I have the evidence, evidence or once I have the fish. What areas do we need to just stop doing that and say, God, if you say so, I don't need no fish. I'm going to walk in faith towards you. What areas do you need to do that? Second question is, what areas do you need to choose to be persistent, even if it doesn't change your life immediately? Like, what areas do you just need to keep scrubbing and just keep being persistent, even though it seems like, man, is this even working? Is this even making a difference? Is my life even making a difference? Keep scrubbing, choose to be persistent. And the last one is, is everyone has a next step on their journey. So what, what's yours? I think all throughout that story there, there were so many moments of the step of faith, whether it was him casting his, I mean, launching his boat off the, the sand or whether it was him saying, if you say so, and then throwing the nets or maybe it was them, him dumping the nets and following, like there were so many moments, but, but, but I wonder what yours is. That next step to just growing in your faith a little bit more. Maybe it's, maybe it's getting under a leader and just getting some accountability for your life. Maybe it's, maybe it's just, asking other people for advice and feedback on, on things that you do that's your gifting, but actually really ask for them about their feedback. What is it, what is it for you? Maybe, maybe you're here tonight and, and that next step is for you. Maybe you've been in church forever and it's like you're kind of, kind of like, um, not like Simon was, but maybe you've just got a bit like complacent about, yeah, like I've seen Jesus, my kids are good, my family's good, but, but what's that next step for you? Come on, let's not get complacent. Let's not think, oh yeah, we've seen it all right now. No, 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 God has, he's got more stuff in store for us. What's, what's your next step? And I wonder if we could just stand tonight real quick, just as we close. It'd be awesome.
I think, um, I think God's writing a really cool story in, in all of our lives. Oh, another voice cracked on one night. Don't mess with me. <laughs> I, th- I really think God's writing a really cool story in all of our lives. And, and maybe you're here tonight and talking about next steps. Well, what's your next step? And you might, might be here tonight and you might not really be sure if you've taken the first one. Just that first, man, Jesus, I just like, I really invite you into my life for, for me, like personally. And maybe, maybe that's sort of where you're at tonight. Um, I just want to encourage you that it's, it can be a lot easier than it might sound, eh? Like I think I used to think like it has to be this perfect like worded thing and like beloved and just like father and add ETH to the end of anything. <laughs> like, but it's, it's just, just an open prayer. And even literally right now in this moment, you can say it in your heart or you can say it just, Jesus, I invite you into my life. I'm done trying to find the fish and have all the everything, get my life sorted out before I trust you. I just, I just invite you in. And I think a, a, a prayer as simple as that can change the whole trajectory of your life. Like, I just think about even for, even for me, like I, I've still got questions. I've still got things that I'm just like, I don't even know how this works with this whole faith thing. But, but all I can say is that decision I made like seven, eight years ago of just inviting him into my life personally like, I'm just so thankful that, that I'm on this journey with Jesus than I was on a journey without him. And, and maybe that's you tonight if you made that decision just in this moment. I'm so, so excited for you. Like, genuinely pumped because I believe that your best is, is ahead of you. And I believe that you're going to discover a life that actually has meaning, man, and that actually has purpose in the highs and lows. You can find comfort and peace in every season. If that's you tonight, I'm so excited for you. And I'm, I'm going to welcome up Pastor Levi right now to just share a little bit more about that decision if you made that. Well, why don't we thank Jordy this evening?